Hello and welcome to Shutting the Arm Podcast. I'm Aisha Rafael, your host, and we are back in Lagos on air and on the road with the Global Listening Project. Now we are here at the Lagos Film Academy and the MTV Staying Alive Foundation is in the house hosting a week-long digital media bootcamp for young influencers to make compelling and cutting-edge content on the issues that matter to them. Now in this episode, we're going to meet three of them, which I'm very happy about, hear their stories, what they've learned at this media bootcamp and what content they are going to create going forward. Now joining us today, we have Nana, Precious and Emmanuel, and I'd like each of you to take an opportunity to introduce yourselves um, to those who are listening and watching. So you can start, Nana. My name is Umar Nana, and I'm from Kevy States. I'm, I'm a Fulani girl. Okay, thank you. Precious? Okay, um, my name is Richard Precious um, from Akwaibom State. Um, I'm a teacher. I teach in a school. It's what I do. Okay, hello, everyone. My name is Imara Uchi. I'm from Abia States, um, 17 years old, and I'm more into gaming and other stuff like that. Yeah, I actually saw you gaming earlier and I was about to ask, um, can you guys, because obviously we're talking about this media bootcamp that was hosted here. Can you guys tell us a little bit um, about how your experience was, how you found your experience um, throughout this whole week? And you can start, Emmanuel. Mm, well, um, it was amazing. I met a lot of good people and I learned a lot about content creating. I learned a lot about cyberbullying as well. Mm. Um, you know, as a content creator, you have to watch out for this cyberbullying and because that was um, content creators have to contend with and other stuff like that. Mm. Precious? Yeah, I learned a lot. I learned about the vertical and the horizontal placing of your videos, depending on how, what the kind of video you want to make. Mm. And then I also learned about the different platforms that each social media platform has their definition. So it, um, there are things that you can post on this one, like Twitter, you do not want to play this here. Yeah. Again, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, so I learned to, you know, manage this mm. thing. So I'm super excited about it. Mm. I really learned a lot of things like I learned how to challenge harmful social norms. Mm -hmm. I know how to defend myself and my fellow ladies in the house, in okay. the building, <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I learned so many things. I, words cannot even express it, but you'll see it in action. Okay, I like that. I like that. And it seems like not only has it been a powerful week but a powerful experience as well mm -hmm. and I'm so glad um talking about powerful things there was actually a poem that was read um on one of the days of the boot camp and I'm going to give you guys a few lines of that poem um it says a cruel practice without compassion a scarring memory without redemption a violation of basic rights a trauma that never leaves your sight. And that actually was a poem that was written about, written by Emmanuel. Um, and I would like for him to read it to us. Are you going to read it first? Yeah, sure. Yes, okay. please go ahead. Okay, this uh, spoken word poem on the topic, female genital mutilation. As it goes, it says, a cruel practice without compassion, a scarring memory without redemption, a violation of basic rights, a trauma that never leaves your sight, a wound that never heals, a pain that never eases. The scars may fade away, but the memories always stays. How can we make it right? How can we put up a fight? We must speak out without fear. We must stand up and make it clear. FGM, a harmful act we must condemn. A practice that brings pain, we must contend. 
let's raise our voices and spread awareness to protect girls' rights and stand by their side. That Thank is you. so extremely powerful. Thank you, Emmanuel, for sharing. And um, it was a conversation that was had, especially after hearing your poem, you know, that it's so important. And I'm sure you ladies would agree. And if you disagree, you can let me know that it's important that as much as we can defend ourselves, ladies, and we can defend each other, but isn't it nice to know that the guys are also going to defend us too? Yeah, that they're yes. also going to stand and fight for the same things that we fight for? Yes. So I want to know, Emmanuel, what inspired you to write that poem? Um, well, this was our lecturer, um, our lecturer actually, she told mm. me um, men play a big part in this FGM, female genital mm. mutilation. We play a big part in like supporting them and telling like our traditional leaders that this is where to go and mm. all sorts of those things. Like men conversational, you can't just like be women as well. We can't without women mm. it's not like what's living in it's not the world we're living in. Exactly. I mean don't we yeah. create life? Yeah I we mean do. there would there wouldn't be people on this earth without women. So I'm I'm glad to know that we can count on you, Emmanuel, as our ally as well. Now in another extraordinary session that made me and my colleagues cry almost ball with tears um summaries of hugely influential nigerian women like fumilaya ransom kuti um and then we shifted into something different which i think nobody in the room was expecting but we shifted into some forward-looking profiles of the current change makers of the future and who were they they were the ladies sitting right next to me and when I tell you guys that it was emotional, I mean, you had to be in the room to experience it um, the way we did. Um, but I would like for you guys to share with us the reason why you were in that presentation and actually what your story is. And we can start with yourself, Precious. Yeah, actually, firstly, for me, seeing my name on the screen, I was like... <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't expect it. It was Mrs. Uh, Ngozi was just, you know, there listening to our conversation. Like, you know, she was not doing anything well. You know, coming the next day, I was, you know, anyone is screen. So it's, it's uh, something very big and I couldn't hold my, like, my emotions. Mm. So, um, yeah, uh, growing up, I, I've been through a lot. Okay. I've been through a lot. I... You know, I had this thing with self, um, self-worth. Mm. Yes, I had a very big thing with self-worth. So I couldn't, there are times that when people would talk, I would just be there looking at them. I was taking in everything they are mm -hmm. saying, but I wouldn't be able to talk. So there was a time I, I was being bullied in primary school by boys. So if I go back home and complain to my mom, she'll be like, boy, you cannot fight for yourself. You cannot do this. Mm. So she she just told me what is that. Next time, you just look for anything close to you and fight back. So the next day, they came again. So I fought back. Mm -hmm. And that day, they, they ran. Like, it was closing hours. They all ran. Mm -hmm. So I, I felt, okay, now I could actually fight back. Since then, they didn't believe. But that, the self-esteem sitting didn't come. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is fast forward. I, I'm from a family of five, mm -hmm. five kids. Um, my mom and dad are divorced. Yeah, they're divorced and from a very arising home where both family fights, both yeah. parents fight. And so, you know, when mom comes back, you don't know if it's a good idea or not. You don't you don't know if you should be happy or you should be sad. So when they finally decided to stay apart from each other, 
we just do not want to bring them back because mm. yeah they love each other but they can't stand each other mm. so it's we just didn't want that whole thing and we just said both of them down you will not get married mm-hmm. again that was what we told them mm-hmm. and my dad has been going with that but he's recently telling me that he will go and get married so my mom actually has someone and before i accepted that my other siblings had already accepted that mm-hmm. but me i was ish the last so she was like what just so i was i said no so she was like i should try to understand that she has gone through a lot in the formality i just said okay since you love him uh-huh. just go ahead so she so uh putting up with those things relationship but i okay when i gained admission to this recent school i got into my mom and dad were first saying Asian school is the next thing. I mean, after waiting, I finished secondary school at uh, 2015. Yeah. And I was like, after waiting this long and I got into school, and you're telling me I shouldn't go. Like, so it's not like I've, I've never been brilliant. It's not like I'm not brilliant, you understand? Mm-hmm. I'm actually brilliant, but sh- them, I understand what they're trying to say. Yeah. yeah. So it's, and again, okay, that's part. I was molested. Um, I didn't tell friends that I was staying with, staying with because I didn't want them to see me as a bad girl because they would always see me as this innocent girl, innocent oh. girl. So when I was, I didn't see the word. Oh. Yeah, just four letter words. So when I was, and I just, I couldn't tell anybody. So I am a, I'm a girl that says that smiles in the public and mm. cries alone. So you wouldn't even know that I'm crying inside. Mm. So putting up with so many things. So I, I've been honest a lot of times. So I just, I want to change a lot of things. Mm. Yes, I want to change a lot of things. Oh, wow. That is powerful. And I mean, I have to say, you said you struggled with self-worth and I can tell you that as someone sitting right in front of you and listening to you speak about your story that not only do you have all the worth in the world whether it's weight in gold whether it's money whatever it is but you are worth everything and the fact that you can sit here today and speak with all this confidence definitely um you don't have to be shy anymore because it's in you it's in you um and nana can you tell us also a little bit about your story if you want to start with my story, we will leave here today. But actually, life happened. Mm. I, I see Shiki, mm. if you understand the meaning. So, I grew up in a Muslim family. Mm. I always cover my body, do everything they want us to do. Go to school, go to read Quran and stuff like that. It all started when my father died. Mm. When my dad died, we we were asked to leave where, where we were staying. We didn't have nowhere to go to. We went to my cousin's place, my mom's elder sister's place. Mm. We went there to go and stay. I had this cousin that every time after prayer, he would just chuck his hand inside the jab and start touching me. I called him one day and I said, ah, brother, this thing you are doing, you have a daughter, you have sisters. If they tell you this, will you be happy? They were like, he was like, okay, he's sorry. I said, if you mention it to my mo- your mom or my mom that you want to marry me, I'll be your wife in less than a week because I can get married to my cousin in my culture. So he stopped for like three months. So one day I didn't go to Mox. It was a Friday. I didn't go to Mox. 
he came in. I was with his daughter. He came in. He was like the door. Mm. He was opening, closing, opening, closing. So I thought he was trying to fix something. So he finally locked the door. I was thinking maybe he was still doing what he was doing. But before then, he sent his daughter out of the room. So he came towards me and it happened. Mm. It was terrible. Immediately, with everything, with the blood in me, I went and I told my, everybody was around. I said, this is what happened. He came out with a belt and he said, I'm asthmatic. He said I was having asthma attack. So he was trying to help me. Maybe it's my period. And he now gave the excuse that I didn't go to mocks. Mm. So maybe because if you're on your period, you can't go to mm. mocks. You can't pray as a Muslim. So they told me, they started beating me. That why would I lay an allegation on my elder brother who is an alpha or whatever? Mm. So instantly they beat me. They now told me I should swear with the Quran. I told them, if I do, I won't go back to that religion. They did. I, I left home. I went to one woman. I don't know the woman. I just told her that, please, I needed a place to stay. I stayed with the woman for three months before they finally found me. And before then, things happened though. I almost lost my life. I started at a young age. I started doing things I was not supposed to do. I followed people older than me, like trade by butter. You collect what you want, you, oh. you give me what I want. So at the point I said, I was still going to school. At the point I told myself that I didn't want that for myself. I can't be depending on other people who the pain of somebody that you don't even have feelings for climb on you and it's, mm. it's traumatizing. Mm. I had to do those stuff to survive, to, to help my junior ones. And those people were paying our school fees and stuff. Mm. Then we, and even with, with that stuff, you have to still pick them. Mm. You still pick them. So I told myself that if I get any infection or anything, this same family I'm doing all these things for. The people that even my mother did not believe me when she saw the blood and everything the first time when it happened. Will she be the same person that would take me in or take mm. care of me? No, I, I started staying on my own. I walked, I was, I was going to school. I, my school fees was even expensive. So I did this stuff every weekend. I'll go to people's house, mm. clean for them and they give me what they have. So that was how I was able to pay my school fees in secondary school. The whole thing is, I don't even know what to say because I don't want to really remember most of the things, but I went through a lot. And I, I was the one that told myself, I never had somebody who would tell me, ah, Nana, don't do this. I never had somebody that would tell me, hey, you're too small for that, you know, come on for the new that. And I grew up in the streets. Mm. At a very young age, I had to tell myself, if you follow this way, this is where you will go to. If you do this, mm. this is what you will get. Yeah. So I had to tell myself, this is right and this is wrong. So I stopped. I, I deleted all those men from my life and I started working for people. I paid my school fees and I paid my house rent and I, and I'm like grateful to God right now, I can, I, I sent my two sisters to school. Uh, my junior one just finished secondary school and the last one is about entering secondary. 
school right now. And it's just basically life. I don't know. It's... Oh, wow. I mean, that is not... I mean, I can't even say it's a story. That's your life. That's your reality. And I mean, I'm honored that you felt safe enough to even share. Um, even knowing that, you know, people will be listening to us to this. But you're here today and you've gone through this amazing experience. And I hope that it was helpful in some way, not just to heal you, but to, like you say, you now know how to defend not only yourself, but your fellow ladies in the building. Yeah. And I'm glad that you guys are here and you're able to share. And oh, I'm also trying not to get emotional. Um, but I want to also talk about uh, some of the trainers this week. Um, and she actually said that when we are talking about this next discussion, we must not use three dirty words, which is um, harmful, which are genders. Um, what? Gender social norms. She said that when we are talking, we must not use those three words. So the thinking is that you want to focus on the things that are holding you back and the things you want to achieve and the passion and the confidence that you can actually achieve those things. And after hearing your story, I think it's only justified that I ask, um, after all you've been through and your life stories and how you've been resilient and how you've overcome, and then in front of that, this wonderful experience that we've all just had together throughout this uh, media boot camp, what are your hopes and dreams? Um, what do you want for your future? What do you want for your life? And it can be anything. Um, and we'll start with yourself, Nana. Okay. I like um, cinematography a lot. Mm -hmm. I, it's, it excites me when I see people holding the camera and stuff like that. So I want to be one of the best. Mm. One okay. Of the bests. Yeah, maybe one day you'll actually be standing behind these cameras directing us <laughs> on what to do, and that will be exciting. Precious, what is your hope and dream? Yes, my hope is to. I've always um, had this thing for communication media, like mm -hmm. so. I always want to be uh, be a communicator. So I want to have my show that will be mm -hmm. titled Let's Talk with Percy because mm -hmm. that's my nickname, Percy. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be titled Let's Talk with Percy. So I'll be inviting, of course, big people, people that are affected, mm -hmm. you know, different things. So I have to interview them mm -hmm. and then also have a YouTube channel that I do. The, during this whole thing, I was doing this year Oh, <laughs> yeah, this thing. So I tied my hair and I was like, you know, I don't. So I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing mm. that. Mm. And so, so I hope, okay, to also not affect the fact that I would like to have a media famous show. Yeah. Like, like you know, like Ellen Show. Yes, like all this yes, stuff. yeah. I love to have things like that. Yeah. So, so. Okay. Can I come on your show when you started? Of course. Please. And will I get a prize? Because you said it's like Ellen. Yeah. Of yeah. Course. I'm going to get a prize. Yes. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Emmanuel, what is your hope and dream? Okay, I was about to give you this ask because it was more about the girls. Yeah, <laughs> no, you love to. You love okay, as um, well. Well, um, in the university now, studying marketing. Okay. I would love to be a digital marketer and like advertise other people's products. But I'm thinking of um getting to my dad's business, like promoting it um as well. He uses his own company, but it's not like that big. Mm -hmm. And I want to help him grow it and maybe... Be, become very successful in the future. But initially, I wanted to become a basketball player because of my, and I love the sports because of my heights. Mm -hmm. But I guess like too late, I didn't get like the opportunity to like start that, to that sort of sense. 
But maybe you can join a local team. I mean, anything is possible, right? Yeah, exactly. And if you dream it, you can achieve it. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that you, like, you guys are energizing me. I'm like, okay, Nana's gonna be producing. Percy's gonna have me on her show, and then you're gonna be the digital marketer doing the marketing. I love it. I love it. We're all gonna be involved in achieving each other's dreams. Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk about social media and content creation because I mean obviously this is a media boot camp and it's been really interesting I must say watching you guys learn all these things I've been learning a little bit myself as well but I want to know um what are your guys's favorite platforms because I know mine obviously all day every day TikTok I want to know from you guys Emmanuel tell me what mine, platforms you use I use TikTok okay. and WhatsApp as well yeah Actually, your TikTok, I post gaming contests and other stuff like that. Okay. Okay. We're going to ask you for your handle later so that we can, everyone can follow you. Okay. Uh, Precious? Okay. To be frank, I actually do not like social media very mm. well. But the social media platform I used the most was Facebook. And everybody likes when I post. Mm. They'd be like, ha ha ha. So when I, started, <laughs> when I stopped um, posting, they were like, Precious, where have you been? And somebody came to my DM and was like, why are you not making money from all these things? So I said, I just like doing it. I just like mm. posting it. And it's, the person was like, do you still write there? I said, anything I see now is what I just go and post. Yeah. So, so people like, ah, you should be making money from it. So I, so I do know that I was even going to start this. Yeah. So, so I, I'm, I'm going to also open TikTok. So I do not like TikTok for a reason. I don't know. So, but Twitter, I mean, <laughs> for, for Twitter... Twitter, please, I'm, I'm begging people not to be help me, to, like, to not open that Twitter yeah. because for the strong, yeah, I'm not strong for yeah. Twitter. <laughs> so exactly, so, exactly. But I'm going to have Instagram. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open all the channels. I'm Open I, them all. Open yeah. them all. Just don't get too tired of scrolling and yeah. then, yeah. Mm -hmm. But open them all, definitely. And yourself, Nana? <laughs> TikTok. TikTok. What is your favorite thing to watch on TikTok? What are your favorite videos to watch on TikTok? MSC. MSC. <laughs> what is that? It's um, story animated. My story animated. Oh, okay. I've seen those. I've seen those. I like. Okay, I I get it. I'm I'm starting to see the niches. Okay, gaming. This one is a content creator, but she's pretending that she's not a content creator. And then this one likes animated. Okay, we love it. Okay, can can you guys see where we are going with this? Now, with all your hopes and dreams and bringing that together with content creation, I want to ask you guys since um. It's also one of the themes that you've been working on. What are the kinds of stories that you guys want to tell with your content creation? And um, what what stories do you want to put out? Because I know you guys have gotten a lot of lectures. What is the story? How to write it? How to produce? How to create? But I want to know from you guys, what stories do you want to put out there, whether it's about yourself or about your community? And I'll start with yourself, Nana. Okay. Uh, kind of content I would like to create. Uh -huh. Comedy, but mm. educative. Mm. That's okay. the kind of. So something like people will laugh, but they'll be like, mm, okay. Makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. And yourself, Precious? Yes, I want to be an activist because mm. I've seen a lot of wrong things that myself, I've seen a lot of wrong things. So, mm. And also, I do not want to do that being too serious because most of everything, you're too serious. So I, I, you know, that's why I had this um character of Iyad, you know, mm. whenever you see me like, ah. Oh, this man, she's yeah. very good. <laughs> and of course, uh, when I'm talking, you know, I'm I'm serious about that thing. So I want to look funny, 
but at the same time give you that yeah and tell you that you know so I'm, I'm an activist doing it in a funny way okay i like it and yourself Emmanuel? um oh <clears throat> uh, okay uh i do more of gaming so i like to like bring people t- together through gaming because i met a lot of people on call of duty mobile and we've talked and had um a lot of experiences in the game and have fun so i like to like bring people together and talk about these issues that we have in society and you know just get to know each other mm. okay i like yes. it so we live in a very complicated world with many challenges as you guys know and you've experienced um it is very different from some of the people older than us, especially our parents, the kind of lives that they were living. Yeah. I, I suppose it was all much less complicated because they didn't have to worry about being trolled um, yeah. or trending on Twitter. But underpinned by climate change, the climate crisis, the disrupting everything, COVID-19, lockdown, all those things that have been happening, it 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 really makes life more complicated and more difficult. But I want to know from you guys, do you think that there's hope that things can change for the better? And based on your own experiences and what you see in the world right now, do you think that in a few years, the cultures and traditions that currently hold us back, that um, that they can be loosened, that, you know, those gatekeepers of the culture can finally let go a little bit or do you think that it's just going to stay the same and we can start with yourself Emmanuel um yeah I I think I know we're going to be able to like change it because if we work together I know we're going to be able to change it. it's not going to happen overnight we're mm. going to have to start of walking and but I know that it's going to change mm. okay precious yeah, definitely it would change because personally myself, I already told somebody that I will make it. <laughs> yes, I, I, he did me a very wrong thing and I told him that I will make it. So mm-hmm. c- coming to digital world like this, because we are first, you know, approaching mm-hmm. the, the point whereby everything is on social media, you just mm-hmm. want to do social media. Yeah. So of course it's going to work because yeah, everybody has their space, everybody has their time, mm-hmm. their things to do. We are going to all make it if we put our hearts to it. Mm. So that's what I believe. Okay. Do you have hope? Uh, everybody is being exposed to new things every day. And if you look at it, we are moving. This is the Gen Z era. And yeah. The Gen Zs don't do things that the millennials do. So exactly. It's definitely going to change. Because it's nobody wants to fall back now. Exactly. <laughs> I, I like hearing that from you guys because sometimes myself, I lose a little bit of hope when I look at the world, but I'm glad to see that um, you guys have hope. And if people have hope, it means that things are going to change because like you said, Emmanuel and Precious, you guys are going to do the work to make sure that it changes. Even if they tell you, oh, no, it's going to stay the same. I will change. Okay. <laughs> so that is it for this episode. Thank you so much to our guests. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, for being open, for sharing. Um, it isn't easy to share your story when someone asks you, so what's your story? 
Um, but you guys shared and were open and were honest. And I really, really appreciate that to the end of the world. You don't know how much. Um, thank you to Smet Media and Emmanuel Uduma for directing and producing this episode. As always, bringing it with everything. Um, and like, I mean, look at the studio, guys. Look at the material, okay? That is Smet Media for you. Uh, thank you to my colleague, Prima Alam from the Global Listening Project. And thanks to our executive producers, Eric Espier from Newstock Media and Ben Plumley. Finally, a huge thanks to you who are watching and listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Give us five stars, okay? And why not invite five of your friends to subscribe as well? Now that's me, Waisha Rafael, signing out for the Global Listening Project in Lagos, Nigeria. Bye-bye! <laughs> okay. Oh, that was hectic. Yeah. That was hectic. <laughs> yeah.